You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed. Praise the Lord. What I want to show us this evening as we begin is how, you know, the Bible just flows from Genesis. Genesis 1 uh, verse 2 talks about the Spirit of God hovering upon the surface of the earth, or upon the surface of the world or earth or whatever, okay? And from there we see in Genesis chapter 2 verse 7, where the Bible says, God formed man of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became what? A living being, okay? So from there, man was everything he was, and God would come down and fellowship with man, But we saw later on in Genesis chapter 3, how the serpent came and made man, you know, disobey God. And then the threat or the warning or the advice God had given came to be where he says, the day you eat of the fruit of this tree, you will surely die. And from that point, man became less of what he was created to be. Okay, the spirit of God that was breathed into him, man was bereft of it. So man began to operate just as a man, okay? Not any level above the animals, just maybe more intelligent and um, more, more, more greedy and more of, uh, you know, all the things that man became. But in Ezekiel 37, or rather Ezekiel 36, first of all, that's where we see in verse 26 and 27 where the Bible says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you And I'll take the heart of stone. This heart of stone is that heart we were left with after the fall. He says, I'll take that heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Okay? 27 says, I'll put my spirit within you. You see, just to give us a bit of uh, background, you can imagine what happened in Genesis. You can imagine Cain and Abel. These were the only two brothers, and yet he killed one. That's to show you the wickedness of man without the Spirit of God. Just two of them. And Cain rose and killed his brother. His brother didn't offend him. Cain was having his problem with God. Abel was enjoying his life with God. So that's where envy, jealousy, all of them came. There was no robbery. He didn't lose any property. That's just to show you what man is without the spirit. Okay, so the Bible calls it here. A heart of stone. Ezekiel 26, where we're at, 36, 26. says, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit within you. This is what happens when somebody becomes born again. The heart of stone is taken out and the heart of flesh is given. Then 27 says, I will now put my spirit within you. Again, the spirit that man lost. Because when man fell, he didn't stop living. He didn't stop breathing oxygen. He continued to breathe oxygen, breathing oxygen and breathe out carbon dioxide, okay? Just like the lion and the hyena and all the animals were doing. He remained at that level, okay? But this level where man would now fellowship and have the spirit of God inside of him sees. So this was what the Lord was promising in, 20, in verse 27. He says, I will put my spirit within you. And what will this spirit within us do? He says, it will cause us 
Some translation says it will make you want to do. That is where I like. It says it will make you want to do. It will make you want to do. Just the same way, okay, that alcohol makes you want to do some things that are not nice. How many of us know some very wonderful people? But when they drink, they are nasty. You know why? Because when the spirit comes upon a person, he behaves well. He behaves like the spirit behind him is causing him to. The same way, when the evil spirit comes upon a person, the spirit of the, you know, that is not of God, it will also lead the person in a direction. Praise the Lord. So that's the way it operates. So it says, I will cause you. When the spirit comes, it will cause you. It will push you. It will inspire you to want to do the will of God. Praise the Lord. Somebody say amen. So in Ezekiel 37, they give us a picture. Ezekiel 37, I'll read from verse 1. It said, the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley. And it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around. And behold, there were very many in the open valley. And indeed, they were what? Very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord God, you know. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will do what? Cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I'll put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling and the bones came together bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them over. But there was no breath in them. Verse 9, and he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds of the earth, O breath, and what? Breathe on this slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived, and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. Somebody say amen. This is what the Spirit of God can do. It takes dry bones. Hallelujah. It takes dry bones. And why are we looking at that? It doesn't matter the situation of anybody. It doesn't matter the situation of anybody. We referred to on Sunday that our Lord Jesus Christ said, The time shall come that even the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God. And those who shall, shall what? They shall live. That's the promise. That is the power. You know why? You know, you know why it's important we understand this? Because that's why I read Genesis 1-2. The first time we hear the Holy Spirit mentioned was upon a earth that was what? Without form and void. So it doesn't matter someone's situation today. The reason you can be worried about a situation is if in that situation the Holy Spirit will not act. Praise the Lord. And that's why when we look at our country, Nigeria, it doesn't matter what is happening. If we can bring the anointing of the Holy Ghost here, everything will become beautiful. Praise the Lord. It was from that Genesis 1-2 that was form without form and void, formless and voidless, that we find the Garden of Eden. Why? Because the Holy Spirit would move. And we've seen this in Ezekiel 37. Now, what the Holy Spirit can do? Dry bones, dry, completely hopeless and all of that. But, in verse 10, we see them become what? 
an exceedingly great army. I declare to somebody that as you yield and cooperate and desire the Holy Spirit, you will become exceedingly mighty in the name of Jesus. Beyond your imagination. I'm telling you, that's what he does. That is what he does. That is what he does. The, the Holy Spirit in the womb of a virgin woman brought the Son of God to life. That's what he does. It's not difficult for him. That's what he does. He turns situations, be them financial, be them marital, be them emotional, be them psychological, be them academic, no matter the situation. When the Holy Spirit operates there, he brings beauty in the name of Jesus. And from there we come to Acts chapter 2, which is the New Testament counterpart to what we just read. When the day of Acts chapter 2 verse 1, it says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Can you see a similarity with Ezekiel 37? In the spirit, this is what it was. Those men, that's why Jesus said to them, don't go anywhere. You can't bring forth the kingdom of God at your level. So it was the same spirit that was needed to quicken dry bones. That was the same spirit that was needed to bring these men to the level at which they would need to operate in. Somebody say, thank you, Holy Spirit. Yes, that's why the Bible says, if the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in your mortal bodies, praise the Lord, he's able to do what? To quicken you. That's the way to operate. So when we understand this, you know, we can actually do shakara. You know what? With God, nothing shall be impossible for us. Nothing shall be impossible. It, it doesn't matter. You know, so, some people have, have presented themselves and, you know, we pastors and those of us that God has helped, you know, or rather that people are looking at uh, may have presented this as if there is a superman. No, there is no superman. It's men filled with the spirit. It's men filled with the spirit. Praise the Lord. And the thing about it is that the Holy Spirit, uh, uh, the passage we read, said our Lord Jesus poured out he didn't siphon the Holy Spirit. He says, it shall come to pass in the last days, I will do what? I will pour out of my spirit upon how many? Upon all flesh. So the only vessels that don't take are the vessels that are sealed. That say no. Okay? So, so it's, it's something that should allow your imagination and allow your dream. We're going to get to the part of the prayers we're going to pray. And allow you to open up. I think the song says, open up channels of my spirit. Oh, you, to open up and allow the spirit to do with you what he wants to do. It's not my ability. It's not your ability. In fact, as we go on, we may find out that it's actually the more unable, unable or the more of inability we have, the more ability the Holy Spirit is able to express through us. Praise the Lord. It, it's amazing, but that's, that's, the way, that's the way the Father is. You know, when, when you, we, we see the, the challenge with us and God is that many times we don't hallow him enough. Praise the Lord. We don't hallow God enough. You see, God made us in his image, okay? But God is not in our image. Let me explain. You see, as men, okay, if I wanted to help you, you need to help me to help you. In the sense that if I wanted, you wanted to do business now, I, and I want to bring money to support you. The money you have and the experience you have will help me to help you, isn't it? But when God wants to help you, <laughs> praise the Lord. Is what I'm saying sounding fast? Should I give you illustration? 
when God wanted to deliver uh, the children of Israel from Egypt, Moses was already in, in Pharaoh's house. Moses was a captain there. He was respected there. He was honored there. It would have been easier for God to keep Moses in Pharaoh's house, in Pharaoh's favor. And then under that condition, Moses would go and sit by Pharaoh and say, Uncle, Uncle, please can my people go? And then, you know, based on that relationship, Uncle will consider. But what did he do? He first set Moses at enmity with Pharaoh. So what Pharaoh wanted to do to Moses was kill him. That was where he began. So Moses ran away. Then after 40 years, he announced and came back to Pharaoh, not as uncle, and said, thus says the Lord, let my people go. Now, in those 40 years, every confidence Moses had, he had lost. Remember, the Bible says Moses was mighty in speech and in deed before the Egyptians. By the time God met him, Moses had become a stammerer. What it means is that his Harvard degree had gone back to standard two. Are you getting what I'm saying? God, that is the way God operates. So you're coming to God. You don't need asset. You need faith. You don't need asset. You don't need collateral. Like some advert they do on television now. Vault is the answer. You say take loan without collateral. How many of us have seen liars? You can't even open. You can't withdraw the money from your account without something. You know? But, but truly, that is how great God is. But with men... We, we can understand that's why we, when we come to God, when we want to ask God something, we're thinking, well, God, I want to build two stories. I have money for one story. Can you complete it for me? It's understandable with men. But God is omnipotent. Potent. Omnipotent. And if you take, we've said, we've done the mathematics here. If you take 5,000 and add to infinity, what do you get? If you remove 5,000 from infinity, what do you get? So why will you bother with your 5,000? Why will it be a factor? So we saw Acts, we saw it in Ezekiel 7, and we saw it in Acts 2, that this was what Jesus said to them. Wait, you know, in your eyes now, you know Jesus, you are his disciples, you're bouncing. It says, but in the spirit, at the level with which you need to operate, you need the same thing that happened to those dry bones. We can understand dry bones because it's pictorial now. So you're seeing bleached bones in the wilderness, and then we see them become a mighty army. That is the same way. Jesus looked at them and said, these men, please don't go anywhere. You'll put us in trouble. You'll put this kingdom. He said, wait. And then they waited and they were filled. And we began to see what they did. Praise the Lord. Yes, we began to see their acts. And that is what our portion is. Because the Holy Spirit has not gone back. He's still operating. Any moment somebody gets born again, you know what is happening? You know, I think it was uh, on Sunday, but I didn't mention it. But there's a... a pre, uh, um, there's all this type of um, uh, multi-level marketing going on everywhere, isn't it? You see, salvation is multi-level marketing. The, our Lord Jesus committed it to 12 apostles. They committed it to, isn't it? As they're going, we're all downliners. Is it upliners or down, what's it called? <laughs> we're downliners. It's the same spirit that we're transmitting. So every person that hears the gospel and responds, we're transmitting the spirit that was upon us and it's going on. That's it. He says, thank you for giving us your son and leaving your spirit what? On earth. Till your work is done. That's what it is. So it's the same Holy Spirit. So you and I must get our expectations and adjust ourselves. So we begin to walk in the level where these people walk. I thank God for the testimonies we're hearing. That the Holy Spirit says, study this, study this, study this. 
The Holy Spirit says, okay, do it this way. That's what he does. He helps us. Okay, if we had time, we'll look at Daniel. Daniel wasn't the one saying. He was hidden kings that were saying concerning Daniel. Daniel, don't be troubled. You know, when you read that account, it's fun. Nebuchadnezzar said to Daniel, please, Daniel, don't be troubled. Because I know in you is the spirit of the living God. That's an unbeliever. I pray you go to your office and your boss will call you and sit down. And say, we have a problem. And as he's telling you the problem, he's encouraging you that you'll bring the solution. That's, that's what was happening. Praise the Lord. That's what was happening. But you see, okay, maybe we preempt ourselves. But we see, we are learning this and I trust that God will help us to, you know, really enter into it. But until you desire the Holy Spirit according to his value, you won't operate at that level. That's where the key is. Until you decide. You know why? What would make Daniel, what would make Daniel come into the kingdom or rather be chosen in this academy, the king's academy, the, the school of... Um, School of ministers, okay? And they say to them, these are your quarters, this is your meal, this is all of that. And then they'll say, no, I won't eat this meal. Not that the meal is bad, praise the Lord. Not that the meal is bad. The meal is not unhealthy, the meal is not unhygienic. The meal is his allowance, it's not another person's own. Why would Daniel say, I won't eat it? You know why? Because he coveted and valued that presence of God was more than any other thing. As simple as that. As simple as that. And that is the understanding I trust the Holy Spirit is bringing to us as we learn these things in Jesus' name. Because like we looked at on Sunday, I pondered on it. A native doctor comes to a preacher and says, please, this thing you have, I want it. Whereas those in the church of the preacher are saying, the thing the native doctor gives, I want it. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's it. Simon the sorcerer said, this one you have, I want it. Meanwhile, people go and say, I don't care, just give it to me. That's what I want. What is the reason for that? It is lack of value. Lack of value. And one of the things that Lord Jesus Christ made effort to communicate to us and to transmit to us before he left was the importance, the value, and the essentiality of the Holy Spirit. He did that. He made every effort. Some of them we mentioned on Sunday. Some of them, we may look at it today because those who are here are more serious. Let me show you a scripture you may never have seen. Matthew 12, 31 and 32. Matthew 12, 31 and 32, please. It says, our Lord Jesus speaking, it says, Therefore I say to you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men. But the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven men. 32. It says, anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man. Who is the Son of Man? Jesus. It will be forgiven him. He said, but whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, he says, it will never be forgiven him, either in this age or in the age to come. That's the Lord Jesus speaking. What was he trying to say here? Just like our sister reminded us. He, he, he was trying to say, you people, I'm all that, okay? And that's true. I'm Lord. I'm same with the Father. I'm God. But you see, there is one that is coming. If you didn't respect me, Respect him. What was he trying to put in them? He was trying to put in them a value. He was trying to put in them a high estimation of the Holy Spirit. He was trying to put in the disciples, you know, just a classification to put him on a class of his own. He came as son of man. Though he was God, he made himself. Okay? 
He did not consider robbery to be equal. made himself of no reputation. He came down. He said, I'm with you now. No. Call me carpenter. Call me carpenter's son. Call me a wine biber. Call me all of that. No problem. But when the Holy Spirit comes, don't try it. What was he trying to say? He was trying to create a value. A value. A value. I'll show you another scripture. Isaiah 63. Verse, you can, let's do 9, 10, and 11. If you can squeeze it in, or 9 and 10. Okay, thank you. 9 and 10. Let's see what it says. Let's look at it, everyone. It says, in all, Isaiah 63, it says, in all the affliction, he was afflicted, and the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and in his pity, he redeemed them. And he bore them and carried them all the days of old. 10. Let's return to get everybody. He said, but they rebelled and grieved his Holy Spirit. So he turned himself against them as an enemy. And he fought against them. Look at that. Let's read it again. Verse 9 says, in all their affliction, he was afflicted. Are you getting this? The, the few people who can get this, maybe mothers, maybe some dads will get this. You see? In order, when a little child is running and falls and bruises his knees or her knees, you know the mother and most parents will feel it. You understand? You feel it. You feel it. You feel it. That's what he was saying. He said, "This is how my love and affection and affinity for you was. In your affliction, I was afflicted. Okay, the angel of my presence saved them. In his love and his pity, can you see the language there? That is the language." Of a mother, of a father. He bought them and carried them all the days of old. But, but, let me say but. But when they rebelled and grieved his Holy Spirit. The same mother. The same mother. The same mother care. Turned and became as an enemy. And he fought against them. Verse 11. Let's just see what verse 11 says. He just, he said, then he remembered. The days of old, Moses and his people saying, where is he who brought them out of the sea with the shepherd of his Lord? Where is he who put his Holy Spirit within them? So, the Bible is clear as to the unknown. Praise the Lord. The reverence, the regard we must give the Holy Spirit. That's why we learned on Sunday that Jesus took time to finish his work so that he can go to the Father. Remember, God said to Moses, these people, I will not go with them. I will send a commissioner. Isn't it what he said? He said, I'm going to send a minister. I'm going, I'm going to send an ambassador. Let him go with you. Because if I'm with you, I will just kill all of you. Jesus came to prepare us. And went back to the father and said to the father, Father, please, now I've sacrificed my blood. Please give me the Holy Spirit so that I can give them. Somebody say value. I will value you, precious spirit. That, that's, how, that's how tender it is. When they grieved him, he turned against them. He turned against them. Let's look at one more, you know, so we wrap it together. In Psalm, Psalm 51, Psalm 51, the King David, when he was repenting of his sin, verse 11, he said to the Lord, he said, Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Now, you and I remember that when Saul, when Saul, King Saul in his own case, when he sinned against the Lord and this, it was Nathan that, conf- that confronted David. 
But it was Samuel that confronted Saul. When Samuel confronted Saul about his sin, what did, what, what did Saul say? Saul said, eh, okay, but okay, it's okay. I know I've offended, but just honor me before the people. Now, every man who has been in power doesn't joke with power. That's why our politicians, they, they want half term. They get it. They want full term. They get it. They want second term. They get it. They want lifetime. Do you understand? Power doesn't satisfy. It just makes you want more. So Saul did not argue. Saul didn't say, well, I did the right thing. You know, you need to just do this. He said, I've seen. He said, I've hurt. I've offended. Yet, just take me before the people and honor me. Why? Because this throne is valuable. The throne of everybody in power. And that's why you and I must be careful. Let God not promote me to anywhere where his position in my life will be in question. In fact, sometimes, you know, where, where, that's why I don't bother about something. Sometimes I say, Lord, I know you're answering my prayer. Because I want you to always be my treasure, my priority. Listen, listen people of God. This life is, you know, no, like people say, life no balance. So, you understand? Is, is that the way they use it? Uh-huh. Life no balance. This thing you're doing, humility and doing uh, SU. There's a way God, some of you single there is the type of man that will marry you now. When you see pastor, you say, why is he shouting? Can't you just talk? There's, there's a type of money you'll get. Eh? Insult will be coming out from everywhere. You wouldn't know. You've just been insulting people. Haven't you seen people change? So sometimes God is answering your prayer by keeping you in that little place where you are. So you can still be yourself. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about me. Because I don't know, this one I'm saying, maybe if I had one million congregation, maybe when I want to come out, you know, Pastor Law, Pastor Akin, all of them will file out in front. They'll take five minutes intercessory prayer. This person will take seven minutes. This person will take nine. This person will take 11. Before they'll say, now let the man of God. I have one million people listening to me. And you want me to be walking normal? This is how I mean. <laughs> You know? So, so you really don't know, praise God. Power, position. Oh, it can, it, it can, it can put you in places. It can, it, can, it, can, it can put you in bondage. It can put you in bondage. When they say, sir, if you preach this thing, the one million will go, you have just 50 remaining. You think the man will preach it? Unless he's dead. And that's why we'll have to be dead. Okay? Anyway, so Saul said, what are we talking about? I've seen, just keep the kingdom going. We must preserve the kingdom. We must preserve this government. Isn't that what we're hearing? This thing is against me. The answers was against me. Everything, you know. So, power is it's difficult to relinquish. The point I'm trying to make is that David said, God, the thing I don't want to lose is not the throne. What I don't want to lose is your Holy Spirit. David understood something. He knew the value. If David lost the Holy Spirit and had the throne, now you won't be calling David the father of our Lord Jesus. He won't be called the son of David. When you have the Holy Spirit, you have eternal blessings and eternal relevance. When you don't have the Holy Spirit, you can have momentary spark. Like those uh, sparklers that children, you know, light up at Christmas. It comes up and a few seconds is burned. Praise the Lord. So that is how valuable he was. And more so, more so, more so to drive that in. In 1 Samuel 16, 
verse 13 and 14, we see something happen there. Just for us to value what we have. And, you know, the, the, we all have the Holy Spirit. So he'll be speaking to us in our languages. First Samuel 16, 13 and 14. In verse 13, the Bible says, Samuel anointed uh, David. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. Okay? That's what happened to David. Now look at 14 and see what happened. 14 says, but the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. You know what followed that? When the Spirit of the Lord departs from a man, he does not remain empty. They say nature abhors a vacuum. Spiritually, also, when vessels are emptied, the other roving spirits, that's why it says a distressing spirit came and took over. David knew and said, please, that's why he said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than dwell in the tents of wicked. He said, I don't want to be in Saul's position. So all of a sudden, from having the Holy Spirit, what he had was an evil spirit. That will not be our portion at all in the name of Jesus Christ. So, so, so we, we, we are made to understand that the Holy Spirit is so essential. It's so essential. In, in John 14, in John 14, 25 and 26, this is what our Lord Jesus says of him. John 14, 25 and 26. He, he said, John 14, please. Okay, let me get it here. Okay, he says, these things I've spoken to you while being present with you. He says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will do what? He will teach you all things. All things. Let's, let's, can you put 25 and 26? He said, these things I have spoken to you. When you go home, read the, these things they have spoken. While being present with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, what will, do, what will he do? He will teach you all things. That means that I didn't teach you all things. These things... And all things are not the same. These things I have what? Spoken to you while being present. He says, but the Holy Spirit, when he comes, what is he going to do? He's going to teach you how many? All things. And then amongst that all things, he'll bring to your remembrance the things, all the things I had said to you. So what I said will be reinforced. But all the other things I didn't say, he will teach you. That's how come he can tell uh, uh, Sister Anne to read ABC. The whole, Jesus didn't teach her that. You understand? When the Holy Spirit comes, now, he will not just tell you about Abraham and Moses. He will tell you about your wife. He said, this is your wife you're shouting at. She doesn't hear shout. It's only the Holy Spirit that can tell you. He said, buy ice cream. Jesus won't teach you that. Eh? This is your husband. Tying rapper to wait for him at the door. Doesn't work with him. Look at his forefather. Eh? You slap to slap your great grandmother into the bush. That type of thing doesn't work. This is your husband. What works for him is bring out that voice. Honey, I don't like what you did. And then you see the man cry. It's the Holy Spirit that will teach you that word. Jesus won't teach you that word. But the Holy Spirit who lives with you, who dwells amongst you, will teach you how many... He will teach you physics. He will teach you how to live in Nigeria. My, my wife and I were saying how difficult Nigeria is. If we were full chicken before, we are quarter chicken now. Why are people laughing? How much was dollar in 2015? 
180 something. 185. How much is dollar now? Five divided by 185. So if you had if you if you had 500 and something thousand, then you had almost 3,000 plus dollars. What do you have now? That's what you see. When people say uh, price of things are good, price of things are not going up. Price of things are adjusting to. They're not going up. They're just adjusting. So the whole thank you. Praise the Lord. No, please stay with me. The Holy Spirit will teach you how to survive in this Nigeria today. That's what he will do. He will teach you. Some of us, some of us, what he's going to do is that you see that the size of Gary you, you eat, the Holy Spirit will help you. The smaller size will satisfy you. Yes, yes. When, when you eat that smaller size, sister, why are you laughing like this? He's already teaching you that. Eh? Let me, he will teach you how to combine it with water. You see? No, listen, some of you are laughing. I think he wants to teach somebody now. Now, some of you, when you want to eat, you keep water far away. Now, when you want to eat, drink water. When you finish blessing the food, drink water again. Then all of a sudden, when you start eating, you see that the Lord can multiply five loaves and two fish. And it will satisfy you. Do you understand? Yes. The Holy Spirit will teach you how many things? All things. All things. Jesus will teach. He has taught us. and he'll bring, But there are things the Holy Spirit will teach you. In the situation, in the hour, in that second, he will teach you. May we be obedient in the name of Jesus. Oh yes. There is beauty in Christianity. He speaks our language. He speaks our language. I've told you our, our story in the former church. You know, when we're building, building. And this particular FCDA director just felt that, who are these people? You know, they're just going up, building nonstop. And they marked the place, you know. And said, stop work and all of that. We didn't stop. And then the man personally stopped by and said, he's going to put this thing down. And I think it was a Monday. We decided to go to his office. As I was going there, I didn't know what I would do. But what I knew was that we needed that building to continue. That building must not stop. Because where we were, we had, you know, we had been driven out and brought back and given a short notice. And then when it rains now... You know, the whole place is soaked with water. So we needed the building to continue. And God faithfully had provided the money. Can you imagine having money and not being allowed to build? Not a good place to be. So the morning we got to the office, as I got into this man's office, I'd never done anything like that. I just went and knelt down. See, the man couldn't talk. The man could not talk. Before I left that office, he summoned the people who he sent. Said, these people must be allowed to build. Now, it is only the Holy Spirit. It's not in my character to beg people. Um, Pastor Law resembles me. You know, I will argue. Do you understand? I will come and argue the case. But there was no argument in my mind. I just went. The man did not talk. He just said, get up. That's it. Who would teach you that? Is it, because see, the Holy Spirit knows his heart. He has the key to every situation. He understands every circumstance. He knows what to be done. That's why you must not be stuck in your ways. You understand? No, no, you can't be stuck in your ways. You must be led of the Spirit. You understand? You must. There are some situations that you say, do, do, open eye. But there are some you say, ah, hey, 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 hey. You're on your own. So it depends on how you want to go. Praise the Lord. So he will teach us how many? All things. All things. He will teach you. Okay, he'll teach you how to lose weight. Should I teach you the one he taught me? 
I weigh myself every morning. You know, some people tell you don't weigh yourself. I weigh myself. When, when my wife says, what will you eat today? I say, wait. When I go and weigh, I'll know whether I'll eat uh, bread and meal or whether I'll eat vegetable. It's as simple as that. Is it working? But some people tell you weigh yourself every day is not good. Don't mind them. Let the Holy Spirit teach you your own. They say, you must eat breakfast. It's the most important meal of the day. They went to school. They don't have the Holy Spirit. You ask the Holy Spirit, what should I I don't eat breakfast. Most days I don't eat till about 2, 3, 4 in the day. I'm not fasting. Do you understand what I'm saying? He, would t- he lives, he knows. Listen, the, the doctor needs to run a test to know your body. The Holy Spirit formed your body. He configured your body. So he knows what will work for you and what won't work. As simple as that. All things. That, that's the benefit we have. Okay? That's what we have with him. Okay? So, so he's that important that in Acts chapter 2, in Acts chapter 2, after Peter had preached, you know, the mighty sermon he preached, and the question was thrown to him, men and brethren, what shall we do? That was what they asked Peter. Listen to Peter's response, 36 to 39, please. This was Peter's response. Peter said, okay, this is before the question, but it's all right, we'll start from you. He said, therefore, let all house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, when they heard this, they were caught to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what, what shall we do? Men and brethren. This is a question that is often asked. Men and brethren, what shall we do? Verse 38. Then Peter said to them, first one is what? Repent. Which I believe most of us have done. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of what? Of sins. And you shall receive what? The gift. Let me say the gift. The gift of the Holy Spirit. This is what you need. Peter himself now has come to know the difference the Holy Spirit makes. So when people ask him, what shall we do? He didn't say go up, go down. He didn't say fast. He didn't say do this. He said what you need to do is receive. Somebody said, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. And when I saw this, I was so happy. They said receive the gift. It's a gift. I don't need to sweat for it. Praise the Lord. No, I don't need to. I don't need to go up the mountain. He said just... Repent, be baptized for the remission of sins. You know, be sincere, set yourself apart and receive the gift. That caught me. So it's the gift. So I can have him. Praise the Lord. You can have him. You can have him, amen? You already have him and you can have more of him in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. So as we begin to round up the first one, as we begin to round up, when it's called gift... That, 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 you know, I was happy. And then another side came to it. You know, a gift doesn't cost you anything to get. Praise the Lord. It doesn't. I mean, well, most gifts shouldn't. Most gifts shouldn't. If you're in civil service and a contractor gives you a gift, you know it will cost you something. Okay? If you're a single lady and the man is just giving you a gift, you know... He's not God. Hmm? He start calling him uncle. He's not seeing you as a niece. He's seeing you as investment. Someday he's going to say, ah, after all these things I've done. So, gift does not require any effort to receive. You just receive. It's giving 
by the you know kindness and the generosity of the giver. But most likely, gifts require a lot of effort to be kept. They require a lot of effort to be enjoyed or maximized. That's where the challenge is. From the moment you and I got born again, we received this gift. Every one of us, at the moment of salvation, in fact, for you to be born again, the Holy Spirit had already come into your heart. So we received him. But now, when that gift is given, the first thing that happens, if you don't know, the, if you don't have need for that gift, what will happen? It will lie useless. It will lie useless. So the, the life, the, the quality of living of a man who has a gift that not, doesn't know the value and someone who doesn't have a gift is what? It's the same. It's completely the same. I have the gift. I don't know the value. You don't have the gift. Two of us are on the same level. As simple as that. And that's where many believers are. We have the gift of the Holy Spirit, but we don't know the value. So, so Christians, you know, want to give examples of blessed people, and they'll say, Dangote is blessed, uh, 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 Otedola is blessed. And you have the Holy Spirit. You're not blessed. He said, God, bless me like Otedola. Let me blow like Dangote. Chai, Jesus who's telling me, I say, which kind of people I die for be this? Which kind of people be this? You have, he said, this is the promise of the Father. You have him. And then you're busy looking at people who have mammon. The unrighteous mammon. The money that the Bible says takes wings and flies away. But the Holy Spirit says, I will abide with you forever. Are you getting what is happening here? So, so, but it's because we don't know the value of the Holy Spirit. So, do you know that? You, you and I, some, some time ago, I think it was last year or two years ago, I came here and the Lord said, tell the people, no Christian, no born again Christian is a sorry case. You can be a sorry case. Uh, 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 Elisha taught us, is he Elisha, Elijah, which one again? When the widow came and said, I have nothing. I have nothing in the house. The prophet went and checked and said, it's not possible that a son, somebody who graduated from my school will have nothing. He went to the woman and said, there must be something. The woman said, hey now, there is one little jar of oil in the house. The prophet said, I was wondering. God, it's impossible for him to lie. You have the Holy Spirit. So what did the prophet say? He said, use the Holy Spirit. That was what that miracle was about. He said, use the Holy Spirit. Sit down with him. Meditation, what does meditation mean? It means to turn over and turn over. That oil that we are pouring was turning over and turning over. Turning over, just musing, meditating, interrogating the spirit of God. In what can I do? And sorry, getting back to what we we're discussing about this Nigeria, the Holy Spirit will tell you what to do. Some of us need to start. If it's corn, you boil corn in your neighborhood, even in your house. We have my house where I live is an is an estate. We have a duplex that they're selling meat pie, they're selling samosa. There is no shop from inside the house. You don't need to put canopy. Do you understand? I bet you from there, we, we had wanted to order for a program. You don't need to go far. The Holy Spirit will tell you what you can turn over. But if you are there and just saying, I don't have, I don't have, I don't have, nothing will happen. I get what I'm saying. You, 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 just, you just have to 
value him. So, so the, the Holy Spirit is the gift. But you must know the value. That's what we are learning. He's, 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 uh, uh, Peter said, and you shall receive the gift. Not a gift. The gift. The gift. Jesus said, he is the promise. He is the promise. The Holy Spirit is the promise. I thank God for the unmarried. I pray for you. I pray for you. You will get married. But marriage is not the promise. The Holy Spirit is the promise. And may you not get the marriage that will push the Holy Spirit away. You understand? We want children. But children are not the promise. Praise the Lord. We want to be big. We want everybody. I need more money. How many of us know I need more money? If you give me four times the money I have now, you have just put me, I'm floating. I haven't started moving. Do you understand? We need more money. We need all of that. But do you know what? It's not the promise. Do you understand? It's not the promise. It's not the gift. It's not what... Listen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. When man fell in Genesis chapter 3, let me ask you. Did God withdraw gold? Did you see the Bible say, and God went to the Garden of Eden and removed all the diamond and removed all the gold and removed all the iron ore? Did he do that? Because they are nothing. They are nothing. He took what was precious. And man continued. People of God, the Lord will help us. When Satan was tempting Jesus, what did he say to him? He said to Jesus, our Lord Jesus, he said to him, if you fall down and worship me, what will I give you? It means that even to the devil, all the silver, all the gold is what again? Nothing. It's foolish men that is everything to. Yeah, there's money here. Somebody was talking to somebody recently. I said, there's money in that business. The person was saying, I'm not interested, I'm not interested. So the person said, money. As if... <laughs> I said, you didn't hear me well. I said, money, money. <laughs> Do you understand? Yes, it's a spirit. It's a spirit. So when the Bible says you can't serve God and what? Mammon. The devil is also not into that. The point I'm making is the devil doesn't also want the money. He doesn't want it. That's why he gives it out, you know, easily. Just do a few things. Once you're, once he's sure you're going to go to hell with him, he will. Ah, it's not a big deal for him. Okay, so so it's not it. Okay, the the Holy Spirit is the gift. Is the is the blessing. When the Bible says the blessings of the Lord makes rich and what adds no sorrow, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. When when he comes in, he makes all things beautiful. Praise the Lord. If, if he gives you money, he makes it beautiful money. He makes it a joy to you. He makes it a joy to your family. He makes it a joy to your friends. Somebody told us many years ago that the whole family, mother and siblings, were praying for a particular brother of theirs to become poor. And it was, no, it's not the witchcraft one. Because he was saying it in front of He said because when the person had money, hey, the pride that entered him, that the whole family joined, and the person actually became poor. But I don't know whether he became humble. <laughs> Maybe they should have allowed him with the money. Okay? But, but I'm, I'm telling you, 
Do you get what I'm, I'm telling you? So, so we, 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 we have the spirit of the living. He makes all things what? Beautiful. He makes all things beautiful. He's able to lead us. Who gave Isaac the secret to prosper in the land? It was by God. It was the spirit of God. And it brought a blessing. It brings blessing. God blesses. There's no doubt about that. But the blessing of God will never dislocate the Holy Spirit. It will never shift him out. Let me ask you a question, which I'm sure you have an answer. If you know with your our understanding now that the Holy Spirit is this precious and you were my enemy, what would you go for? What would you, if you wanted to attack me, what would it be that you want to take from me? Do you know that that was what happened in Genesis? That's why the, we didn't see the devil say, I'm going to occupy Garden of Eden. Why are you people God? The moment he saw that they had lost the Holy Spirit, he went his way. When the Bible says, I've come, John 10, 10, I've come that you may have life. The thief does not come but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. What does it mean to destroy? It means to make something useless. That's what he came for. That was his envy. Remember, he was in heaven. So he knows the way it operates. The moment man got separated from the Holy Spirit, he also went his way. It was man that was not pursuing him. The whole thing the enemy is doing is to dislocate us. Let, let me break this down for us. You know, as, as we try to close more now. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Let me break this down for us. The Holy Spirit, there's an atmosphere he likes. Okay? In, in the case of Adam and Eve, it was clear. If you eat this fruit, I will leave you. And remember in Genesis, I think Genesis chapter 6, you know, 7, where the Bible says the spirit of the Lord will not contend with man forever. He, he, he will not strive with man forever. So the moment the enemy heard that, what it was his desire? He wanted the Holy Spirit to leave man. That was it. And when he did it, unfortunately man fell and the Holy Spirit left. Now, even today, now in our time and in our generation, you know what he does? He's just working hard to put distraction, to put, you know, things in our eyes that will cause us to say, ah, Holy Spirit, no, I don't need it. This is what I want. As he does that, what's he doing? He is stealing our fellowship. He's stealing our joy. He's destroying our vessels. He's making us uh, uh, unconducive for the Holy Spirit to do it. That's where he's going for. He's not going for it. That's why he, he, can, he can come at us from any direction. Okay, he can come at us from more and he can come at us from lack. He can come from anywhere. All he wants is you and the Holy Spirit. He wants to separate. So when, when the Bible begins to tell us some things, let's look at Ephesians 4. Ephesians chapter 4. When we begin to see some things in the word of God, that's, that's what they're trying to preserve. To keep us in a safe place. Ephesians 4 from 25. If your Bible has a subheading, you may call it, you know, uh, uh, do not grieve the spirit. It says, 25 says, therefore putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. So we, we see here, lying, li lying drives the spirit away. And this is not far, difficult for us to understand. You know, have you been in the presence of someone and he answered a phone call? And you people were probably in, at the Hilton. And he answered the phone call. 
And he tells the person, I'm almost at your house. There is traffic. What happens to you? If you're born again, what happens to you? Is that, you know, you reduce. You reduce. You just, you reduce. Now, now, this is a third party. The Holy Spirit inside of you. Each time. You see, I saw this thing. I said, Lord, help us. Each time you lie. Each time we lie. What we do is that the Holy Spirit shrinks. It's the spirit of truth. He shrinks. He says, ah. He goes on, he says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. When we are angry, oh Lord, that's another dimension. You see, the, the, the Holy Spirit is gentle. Now, the Holy Spirit is omnipotent. Okay? Have you, I don't know how to capture this. I, the Lord will just need to help me. Where, 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 where will capture this now? Maybe, maybe where people are fighting, okay? Maybe people are fighting. It's been a long we've seen. Anybody's been where people fought lately, okay? But where people are fighting, okay? What, what normal people do is that if there are dangerous things there, what do you do? You remove them, isn't it? Why do you remove those things? So that more harm, you understand, doesn't occur. Or the person, they say, please remove that thing before, you know. Now, the Holy Spirit is omniwhat, potent. Where there is viol- any set of violence and anything like he has to withdraw. If, if he's detonated, you that is carrying him will die first. Are you getting it? That anger, that's why the Bible says anger rests where? In the bosom of fools. You can't want the Holy Spirit and walk with anger. He can't partner with you. He has to withdraw. It's like a man trying to light cigarettes with, with a, a grenade. He said there is fire. When you pull it, fire comes out. <laughs> you see, can, can you even think about it? So, so he says, no. He said, no. No. He said, but what they did, what they did. He said, it won't help you. It only causes harm for those who are full of the Holy Ghost. Anger never helps you. Do you get what I'm talking about? So, so, so these are the things. And the devil is the one who will tell you. You mean you want to allow that to pass? Do you know what they did to you? Are you getting it now? He's winding you. He wants you to get angry. You take it out of your mind. He reminds you. Listen, that's what they did the other time. That's what they did the other time. He just wants you to get angry. Not for any other thing. Because he knows that when you get angry, the Holy Spirit will withdraw. He's jealous. He's envious. He goes on. He said, let him, he, let, him who, let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him what? Labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give. I, imagine stealing. When somebody steals, do you know if somebody steals and gives you what he stole, you're an accomplice. Do you know that? Okay. So, what of the person that follows the person to the stealing? What is it? <laughs> eh? The policemen that were with uh, this man that killed, you know they're in, in trouble. Now, so, so these are things, he's not saying it 
He's saying, I'm with you. Don't bring me into this. You understand? Don't bring me into this. So when we say corruption, you know, don't be corrupt. He's saying, don't carry me along. I'm with you. These are the things that make him withdraw. Verse 29, quickly, because of that. He said, let no what? Corrupt word proceed out of our mouth. But what is good for necessary edification that it might impart grace to the hearer? Let no corrupt word. This one, you know, Christians, we just have to receive grace for this. Do you understand? You know how, how good praise looks on us? How, look, look at the praise and worship. Springs, you did well. God bless you. Eh? We're, we're singing praises. It's just so beautiful. You know why it's so beautiful? That's where you should be. Do you understand? That is where you should be. Then all of a sudden, you see the same person that was singing praises. I say, yes! He doesn't look like you. You understand? It's not you. He said, let no corrupt word. He said, go to all those places that you don't want to go, but you want the person to go. Go to this. I don't, I don't. Let no corrupt word. You know what? You have the Holy Spirit. If it comes out, he will not fight. He will go. Are we getting it? No, if it, come, if it begins to come out, he will go. If you start speaking right things, he will back you up. If you start speaking wrong things, he will back up. May the Lord help us in Jesus' name. So, 30, you know, summarizes it for us. Or let, let's read 31 and 32. 31 says, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking, what? Let it be put away with all malice. We, we talked, was it last Wednesday we talked about, you have the Holy Spirit, I have the Holy Spirit. When I'm envious of you, the Holy Spirit is here, he's there. Well, how do you think you, what will he think of me? Do you understand? When, when I'm always complaining about you, you have the Holy Spirit, I have the Holy Spirit. I'm, I'm complaining about him. Are you getting it? Let clamor, clamor, you know, party spirit. He said, no, I'm, I'm, I dwell amongst you. No, don't do that. You're making me uncomfortable. That, that's, why, that's why he's a person. Praise the Lord. We, we must begin to see that way. He's a person. He said, let bitterness. What are you bitter about? This thing they did. What did they do? Eh? What did they really do? Thank you. What did they really do? This thing they did. He passed. He didn't greet you. His mind. The mosquito beat him. So when he was passing, he was busy. scratching the mosquito. He didn't notice you. He passed. And then he said, imagine. Small girl. Eh? Since when? Wahala has started. And the Holy Spirit is saying to you, greeting. Do you know how many years you lived that you didn't even greet God? Eh? So, so he, he, 32 brings the positive side. 32 says, be kind to one another. Oh, this is nice. Be what? Kind to one another. Be tender-hearted. Forgiving one another. Even as Christ, you know, even as God in Christ forgave you. When I saw this, the picture that came to my mind is, I remember those days, you know, maybe at the time, there was a time during my youth service, I used to sell, sell um, suspenders, ties, and socks, and all of that. So, as a young boy, I used to visit a lot of my brother's big friends in Lagos, then to sell all, the, all those things to them. And a lot of times, at that time, most of them had young children. 
So when I go to their houses to sell these things I'm selling, automatically I become uh, a light bearer's teacher. Whenever I see their children, I just go, ah, baby, how are you? It's market I came to sell. <laughs> but you see, this will help. You understand? I will be playing with the children. I, no matter what the children do that time, I will not spank them and say, stupid child. Can't you, can't you, can't you? <laughs> I know I never do that. You know why? Because I know that the father loves that child. And if I don't love that child or show that I love that child, my case is bad. When are they get them now? Now, every born again Christian is like that little child to the father. The way you treat those people, the father is looking at you and you came to sell tie. Lord, bless me. Lord, bless me. And then you see his child say, Go away. Why did you poo poo here? I say, I'll be carrying the child. The child will poo poo. I'll just be smiling. The thing will be entering my nose. I'll just smile. Buy my tie. Buy my suspend. Buy my stock. It's a market I came to sell. <laughs> yes. Is the child of somebody I want his favor. As simple as that. So the Bible doesn't say love your brother because they are beautiful. It says love them because they are God's children. Is that difficult? They didn't say like. Oh. They say love. Love. So he said be kind. Kindness helps the flow of the Holy Spirit. That's why the Bible says faith works by love. We, we, I, we are not able to start on love because it's quite deep. But when we get the sum of all this, just as we saw that anger and hate is contrary to everything is, when you begin to understand love of God, you see that when you love, the Holy Spirit is energized in you. When you love, the Holy Spirit is energized. And this love I'm talking about is not love of feeling. It's love of the interest of the Father in any situation. The Holy Spirit is energized. Why? He's a person. You, you, you meet some people now. Uh, um, um, who are the people that I know quite well? Okay, Josh has told me he has, he has shifted now. There, there are some people that if I want them to talk, depending on who. I was speaking to my brother-in-law the other day. And I wanted the conversation to go on. You know what I asked him about? Guess what? I asked him about his parrot. And he became animated. He said, ah, don't mind that parrot. He does this and does. I know what he loves. Once I tuned him there, he started talking. If I asked him now about something else, the conversation would be monotone. Monosyllables. He will conclude. Well, ask him about what he loves. The same way the Holy Spirit eh, is love. If you want to feel him, just come and say, I want to bless these people. This he will tell you 71 ways you can bless them. He said, I want to walk in this way. He said, ah, is that what you want to do? I have this idea. You know what? That's who he is. That's what he does. Do you understand? That, that's, that's, that's the nature that he is. Okay? So, so, so we are told, do not grieve as we round up. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit with whom you were sealed. Don't grieve him. We've lent you. Can you give us a message? Message says, don't break his heart. Don't break his heart. This is at the core of sanctification. This is at the core of holiness. This is at the core of, of purity. It's not about the pastor. It's not about the church. It's about the Holy Spirit. 
said, don't break his heart. We saw in Isaiah 63. He says, he turned and became an enemy. Don't, don't break his heart. He dedicated and committed to you. Let's rise up on our faith. We're going to pray one prayer. Simple. In John 7. John 7. John 7 verse 37, 38 and 39. Our Lord Jesus, at the end of the feast, the Bible says, On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, he said, let him come to me and what? Drink. 38. He said, he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, what? Out of his heart, some will say belly, King James will say belly, will flow rivers of living water. 39 says, this is spake concerning the spirit whom those believing in him will receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. But now go back to 37. He said, if anyone thirst, and the Spirit of God said, tell them that this thing is not difficult. Do you understand? He said, if anyone does what? Thirst, as you've heard this now, if you're here, you're desirous, Holy Spirit, I want a closer walk with you. That is thirst. He said, blessed are those who do what? Hunger and thirst after righteousness. For what? They shall, maybe you had grieved him before. Maybe you were always getting angry. Maybe you were always bitter. Maybe you were always this. Maybe you were always that. Whatever it was. If anyone thirsts tonight, tonight, and says no more, they, I will not be shortchanged. If someone says tonight, I have value for you. You are my treasure. My priority. You are everything to me. This is what he assures. He says, out of the person's belly, out of the person's heart shall flow what? Rivers of, he says you will experience him. I want you to begin to talk to him. If that is your position tonight, say to him, Lord, from this evening, I want more of you. I want more of you. I want more of you. I am not satisfied. I want you. I want you. I want you. Lord, come and take your place. Lord, as I'm surrendering all of me, that you can come and take all of me. Tonight, Lord, come and take your place. The restorer of my soul, the spirit of the living God, the one who was in the beginning, the one who breathed upon me, and made me a living soul. Tonight I said come afresh. I am thirsty. I am thirsty. Nothing else. Nothing else. They said if a man is thirsty. Coca-Cola won't satisfy him. Until he drinks water. Nothing else. I'm thirsty for you Holy Spirit. I am desperate. I need you. Don't let me go. I need you to make sense of my calling. I need you to make sense of my journey. I needed to make sense of my life as a Christian. I needed to make sense of my marriage. I needed to make sense of my singleness. I needed to make sense in my business. I needed to make sense in my career. I don't know what I'm doing. I cannot do without you. I am thirsty. I am thirsty. I need help. I need help, Holy Ghost. Spirit of the living God, I need help. Child of God, the promise is that out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Out of your belly. It means you will experience him. It means there will be witness. There will be witnesses. Things will happen. Your life will become transformed. It will be evident that you are a vessel 
that you are one in whom the spirit of the living God operates freely. Begin to thank him because he will satisfy. He says, I will satisfy the thirsty soul. I will satisfy. Lord, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm not living here the same. 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 Here is my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul. Bread of heaven, fill me till I want no more. Fill my cup, fill it up and make me whole. Fill my cup, Lord, yeah. Lord, I lift it up to you, Lord.
have been listening to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-158804. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.org. God bless you.